0: reading from Luke twelve thirty two 34. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The gospel of the Lord. Friends, um, this morning, Edwin, come on up. Everybody, uh, many of you know Pastor Edwin, but but some of you don't. So, uh, Emmanuel, uh, this is uh, Pastor Edwin. Everybody say hi, Pastor Edwin. Now, uh, Edwin is going to be preaching for us today, but let me let me just say some, let me give you a little bit of a, a tip if you want to grow up uh, as a follower of Jesus, um, what you do uh, I mean, this isn't the only thing, but just one one of the key things that you need to do is you need to find somebody who is further along in following Jesus than you are, and then just 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 follow them, just like copy them, become friends with them. Um, and Paul talks about this. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter three says this: uh, "Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me." Isn't that interesting? I mean, it's bold. He basically says watch me and do what I do, but he also says and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us, so what he's telling us to do. is find those who are walking closely with Jesus and copy them now. Edwin is one of those guys for me he's one of those guys uh, when we moved to New York City, I met pastor Edwin at a pastor thing pastors get together and they eat lunch a lot. Um, And it's great. And so we were at one of those eating like pizza and I started to uh, chat with Pastor Edwin. I realized this is one of those guys that you need to hang out with. So it's a gift that he's with us today and he's going to be preaching. Um, Now, uh, Edwin, I want to ask you a couple questions because you look after, you pastor Next Step Church, which if you look in our announcements uh, at the back a little bit later on there's an opportunity to serve some of them emmanuelites serve at next step church you also lead a network mm-hmm. uh and tell uh, and emmanuel's part of that network it's the new city network tell us it briefly what does the new city network
1: do yeah so uh the new city network is a group of churches that gather together under five values we are Missional, we are urban, we're minority led, we're spirit filled, and we're also emotionally healthy. That's what we strive to be. We gather together in a city like this one to encourage each other, plant churches. That's our big, big deal. And so you guys are a part of that as a community of people who are helping to uh, pass the peace so to speak and that we are going to be planting churches and um helping pastors grow in jesus so that we uh can see more people know the joy and the love and the peace of christ
0: now um in your capacity as a local church pastor but then you're also you also look after this uh a citywide, and actually it's more than just new york city isn't it uh network tell us uh, one thing you see god doing in new york city that we can rejoice in
1: I think the coolest thing um, that God is doing uh, in the city is that because of like the, all the things that happened with COVID, He, um, he, he accelerated uh, those of us who are still here. He accelerated our maturity, like we'd had to get into God's word, we had to, and that's really neat. And for those who don't know Jesus, He's opening them up to spiritual conversations, um, to opportunities to talk about spiritual things, which is massive, um, and probably in ways that we haven't seen in our lifetime. So I'm excited about the opportunities that God has given uh, people like us um, to go to our jobs, to go to our workplaces, to go to, and uh, be able to talk about spiritual things in ways that we weren't able to uh, before. You know, um, that makes me think of uh,
0: w- one of the things that we uh, have been doing this past autumn here at Emmanuel, mm-hmm. and that we're going to uh, relaunch again in February, February 1, which is a Wednesday, mm-hmm. it's a Wednesday in any event, that week, um, is what we call conversations with Jesus. And, and that's where we have a dinner together, right. where uh, a few Christians and then folks who are, aren't sure that Jesus is a good idea, kind of trying to figure that out, trying to get clear on that. This past autumn, we, were, we, we walked through the Gospel of Mark together. And this coming uh, season, we're going to be uh, taking some of the big questions that people have, like, how can a good God allow suffering? And uh, what about other religions? And, and trying to articulate some of our hardest questions towards Jesus wow. uh, and, and wrestle that through together because we believe Jesus is the most compelling person that has ever lived. And therefore, um, he can take our hard questions. But right. what an opportunity. That's something that God's doing more broadly. Wow. That's something that we can be involved with here pray about who you want to invite. Fantastic. Can I pray? And then we're going to hear God's word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much uh, for people like Edwin. We thank you for Next Step Church. We thank you for every single uh, person in Next Step Church that you are uh, calling to yourself and building up in yourself. Um, Father, we ask, uh, we, we thank you for, for every single person who, who doesn't yet belong to you uh, throughout the city, but uh, uh, to whom you are giving the gift of holy curiosity. Uh, curiosity, questions that can only be answered uh, by yourself. Uh, Father, will you call those people uh, decisively to yourself? Will you unveil yourself? And Father, I thank you that you've done that in Edwin and you do that through Edwin. And so we ask uh, for the power of your Holy Spirit as he brings your word today uh, that Jesus would be made clear. Uh, And we ask this in his name. Amen. Amen.
1: Awesome. Let's hear God's word. I am super thrilled to be with you today. This is so exciting. Um, If you're here and you... Are new, especially like you just decided. Oh man, it's like the beginning of the year, and I just wanted to go to a service and maybe like, you know, address my spiritual walk or you know go in a spiritual direction. I just I want to be the first one to apologize that it's not Jim preaching here and that it's me. I'm so sorry about that. If you come back next week, however, I'm sure it'll be much better. Um, and so I I'm sorry they called in the scrubs. So. Um, I'm thrilled. My name is Edwin Cologne. I am, a, as Pastor Jim uh, said, I am a pastor and church planter, and a few other things. And uh, I also have a beautiful wife, Liz, who's uh, serving in our church right now, as well as six kids. Um, we don't have TV in our house, and so um, actually we do. But um, the the uh, we, we just got our newest baby. Um, She was, um, uh, our our last two children, um, one is adopted, one is in the process of being adopted. Um, She was born addicted to heroin. And so uh, she's uh, finished kicking, like major kicking, and is doing really, really well. She's super fluffy, like three circle fluffy, and is really fun. So I am, uh, I bring greetings from my whole family, and I'm super thrilled to be with you okay so today we're going to talk about oh my goodness last thing um i know that pastor jim's sermons are shorter than mine by a lot um so i apologize about that in advance and i'll try to be engaging but for real like if you have to leave a little early i get it it's going to be like three maybe four hours like so it's all right it's all right you'll be able to survive okay so um So today, what we're going to talk about, today's a big deal, because we're going to talk about trusting the Lord. Can someone say trusting the Lord? That's what we're going to talk about today. Because in a new year, what we're going to need, and especially in the kind of culture and society that we're in, we're going to need to trust the Lord. And so I remember um, when I was called into ministry, I was in a retreat with my family. We didn't have as many kids, and I had a practice of sort of uh, paraphrasing the scriptures that's how I uh, did my devotionals I would read a section of scripture and then I would write it out in my own words. Um, so that I would make sure that I got what the scripture was saying if you're a musician, you know what this is like you can't sing what you can't um, you can't play what you can't sing right so like if you play if you hear something. you go going and then you usually like start humming it and then you play it after that right it's like that, so I would do that. And so I had just gotten this job, this really, really great job, I, have, uh, I, got, I like, dropped out of school at around the sixth grade, so at the time I didn't even have a junior high school diploma, and, and I know you're thinking, and we're listening to you, yes, you are, and this is going to go somewhere, so stick with me. So I was in that moment, and it was Psalm 121, and it said this, um, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then there was this one part It said, he will not let your foot slip. And I tried to paraphrase that. And I couldn't, because I was like, I was like, oh, he won't let you fail. I was like, well, that's not true. I've been Christian long enough to know that. I've failed plenty of times. That can't be right. I was like, oh, he'll never uh, let you down. I was like, well, that's not true. <laughs> I felt let down by God on many occasions. I can't, that can't be true. And the Lord impressed him upon my heart as I was wrestling with that one verse that I was going to leave this job that I had just gotten. It was a union job. I was making more money than I had ever made in my entire life. I was making $25,000 a year, mega, mega bucks. And so I said, and the Lord, and we were doing this like Bible study that got out of hand, you know what I mean? Like I was just, I didn't know that you, you could start churches. Are you like, I was like new to Christianity. I thought that churches just were. Like I would walk by a church building. And I was like, oh, like the apostle Paul planted that. And so I was like, that's, that's, I just never thought deeper than that. And so God wanted us to go from just this, little church where we invited the homeless to come to my house my wife would sleep on the bed i would sleep on the floor with the homeless people we would wake up at around four in the morning because someone told me that's what real spiritual people do and then i I, I would read them this devotional and do a devotional to the homeless i didn't know what i was doing it was the worst bible study you had ever been to i'm certain i led several people to islam it was awful it was awful And now God was asking me to leave this job. My wife was pregnant. We had union benefits, medical. God was asking me to leave this job and and plant this like homeless church with addicts when there was no money. And I just wrestled with him. The reason that I wrestled with him is not because I was uncertain that God was being clear. He was very clear. I wasn't, I wasn't muffled. I wasn't, the problem wasn't whether I was sure God was telling me what to do. The problem was I just didn't trust Him. Here's the thing. I bet that God has been very clear to you about certain things. Maybe they're coming up to your mind right now. In this new year, maybe there are some relationships that you need to re-engage because... There was something that fractured it. And you know that God is telling you to engage that friendship and see if you can bring restoration. Or, or maybe um, there's some relationships that you know you really need to get out of, you know, right? Like all your friends have told you he's no good for you and you kind of know, but you loves him. So, you know, it's like tough, right? Maybe. Maybe your marriage has drifted apart and you just decided that that's the way it's going to be and that you're going to just rest in that. And, and God is going, no, no, I want you to take some risks in your marriage. And it's not that God is not being clear. It's not that it's like, oh, I, this is kind of opaque. I'm not sure what he means. Is the it meaning this or that? And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not that he, God's not clear. The problem is, is that God is very clear. You just don't trust him. You don't trust them to take the risk. You don't trust them to put your heart on the line. You don't trust them. And so today, we're going to talk about trusting God. But now we're going to talk about trusting God in the most sensitive possible place that we could possibly talk about trusting God. It's with your money. And here's the deal. I want nothing from you. If you are generous with your finances to the kingdom of God, I don't get one red cent. I I got nothing. There's nothing that I want from you. This message is a message about what I want for you. I want your joy to increase. I want your peace to increase. I want your delight to increase. I want you to be less oppressed and concerned and worried about what you're going to have or how you're going to get where you want to get in your goals and dreams. I want you to be free. So i want nothing from you i don't get a cadillac i don't even drive a cadillac i'd like to and if you're giving one away i'm down but i'm saying this is not something like oh here comes the preacher and it's the new year and this is the first time i've come back and of course they're talking about money listen it's not like that i and secondly i preach this at my church in my church there are addicts and homeless and you know all sorts of people at my church I preach the same message because i I think it's just important for us it doesn't matter about your social status it doesn't matter about how much money it matters about trusting jesus so we have a big idea today and the big idea is simply it's a quote from anne frank because i thought that if i came to this church and i quoted someone that you guys have heard of in uh, history that you would more likely do it okay so Here's the quote from Anne Frank. Anne Frank, as you know, was the little Jewish girl who was hiding during the Second World War as um, Nazis were like picking up uh, uh, Jewish people to take them to the death camps and do all sorts of unspeakable things to them. So uh, she had a diary, as many of you know, it's the diary of Anne Frank, and she wrote a ton of things. It's worth reading, it's like absolutely fascinating. And she wrote this one sentence that's like really um, powerful. She says, no one has ever become poor By giving. No one has ever become poor by giving. And that's what I want to drill into into your head today. That everything in our culture, everything in our, right? Just like intuitively, everything in us says, no, 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 no. The way I get more is to hoard more. The way I get more is to have more. The way I get more. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, beloved, listen to me no one has ever become poor by giving you know after that wrestling match with the lord i, I actually did i went into ministry full time that was incredible it's been an incredible like series of events i don't tell you some of the miracles that god did or some of the things that i did cuz i think there's some some somewhat distracting but i'm going to tell you this one and before i do I want to tell you that it's easy to write me off as a guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The professional up there, he should do that. But that's not something I should do. I shouldn't be that radical. He should not me and just don't, I mean, God's not going to call you in the same things that he's called me, but I'm telling you, he wants you. He wants you to live in trust of him. And so I, I did that. I left the job and God did miraculous things, miraculous things to provide medical coverage for the birth of our child. He provided resources. And then a few years after that decision, my family and I became homeless. I mean, like homeless, 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 eating with the homeless, homeless. Sleep. We were getting paid $800 a month from our church. You know know how much money $800 will get you? It's enough to be homeless.
2: I had four kids. My
1: son, who was 16. My daughter, who was not, uh, I think it was uh, 16, uh, um, 10, uh, 8, and 7. And I thought to myself,
2: this is bad. This is like, real bad and it was just hard
1: and as we were eating with the homeless cooking with the homeless taking showers with the homeless i'm here to tell you listen to me god was faithful and he was merciful my kids look back on that time cuz you know the the thing that i was most afraid of is that oh this is going to scar the kids this is not good the kids are going to hate me they're going to hate god and my kids talk about it i was like yo that was the most fun time ever it was like you know what it felt like it felt like when i was talking to them about that it, it, it felt like um did anybody here like a movie buffs like that old italian film life is beautiful remember do you remember okay the, the premise is is that it's like in world war ii and it's like they're they're going to a concentration camp it's a father and his son and the father makes a game so that the son doesn't realize how grave the situation is and it's all fun and games and, the fun, and it was like God did that with my family. I'm telling you. No one has ever become poor. By giving. So we're look at our passage today. I say all of that to gear us to our passage my prayer is that your heart is open and that you're willing to allow god to rattle your cage at the beginning of the year because i really do think god wants to rattle your cage to trust him more it's in luke 12 32 34 we've just read it and it says this do not be afraid pause you know why he says do not be afraid Do you know why? Because all of us are terrified when it comes to our money. It's the scariest thing to talk about. It's like, no way. You can't possibly be asking me to do this with my resources. He says, do not be afraid. And then if you jump to verse 33, he tells you why he told you do not be afraid because of the next thing that he's about to tell you, it's this, sell your possessions. You go, wait, what? All right, so in the Greek, sell your possessions, you know what it really means if you translate it? It means this, sell your possessions. <laughs> That's really what it means. Isn't that crazy? And you're like, no, no. I loved this part of the passage. Because again, like I said, we have a church of poor people, and I was like, guys, sell something in the name of Jesus. Sac- and it's like, oh, but they're poor. I know what joy we get. What joy we get in being able to sacrifice something that we think that we need for the glory of God so that someone else could be blessed.
2: What? That's dope.
1: It's like, sell. I remember I had a. I had a 1984 Monte Carlo, which is the dopest car in the history of the world. Don't look it up now. Look it up later. Write it in a note. If you remember anything in this message, remember the 1984. It was a super dope Monte Carlo, red top, white, oh, it was beautiful. And so unfortunately it was 1999 when I owned it. And so I had this this Monte Carlo and I couldn't afford the insurance on it and to continue tithing to our church. I couldn't afford Monte Carlo's insurance and tithe to the church. I was like, man, and God led me to sell it. And I was like, but God, how are we gonna get to church? We were planting a church. How am I gonna get my family to church? How am I going to get groceries? How am I gonna, you know what the Lord did? When we sold the car, And we were able to give because our church didn't have anything. And it's just like we were the primary givers. And so, you know, what? the Lord brought this guy. His name is Kaz. He doesn't live in New York anymore. He lives in California. He's clean now. He got married, like all sorts of beautiful stuff. Kaz had this like crazy mega van that you saw in the 70s. You know, like those big, like not a minivan like you see today. Like there's like big old dookie vans. And it had like a sink and it had like chairs. It, it was it was really nice. No, it didn't have a sink. I was thinking of someone else. This had the, the the big chairs, but it had spaces and like a couch and things like that. And so Kaz went and picked us up every time we had to go to a service. He lived one block away from the service. We lived two miles away from the service. He would get lose his parking space.
2: He just It was beautiful.
1: God, you know why? Here's why. I I tell you these stories because no one has ever become poor by giving. I just haven't lost. I've only won. And so God says, don't be afraid. Why? Because He's going to tell us to sell your possessions and give to the poor. What would it mean to downgrade a phone? What would it mean? All right, you get the point. And then he says, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. You know why he tells you this? Because all the treasures you have on this earth will fail. That's the point. It's a mirage. The car, the house, the clothes, everything, your body everything will fail the the reason that bitcoin got this like meteoric rise the reason that that happened was because people know that their treasures are failing and they wanted to put they wanted to hedge their bets i know it's like tanking now but i'm just saying that the reason people invested in it is because they were afraid about their treasures God said, listen, here's the deal. Bitcoin, dollars, yen, it's all going to fail. So God goes, here's an idea. Since it's all going bust anyway, invest in internal things. Things that are going to be a blessing to you forever. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, because these do. Where no thief steals, because thieves will steal. Where no moth destroys, because decay happens. And then he says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, the Scriptures are talking about us being generous towards God because the more we're generous towards God, The more our heart get, think about an investment, right? Like we just went through like uh, this, like really low uh, sink in the stock market. I know almost nothing about the stock market. So if I'm not exactly correct, just uh, be charitable, right? So, okay. But I know that the stock market like did a, a mega dip, right? I bet you did not look at your neighbor's portfolio. I bet none of you. When when the stock market dipped, I I wonder how Susie's stocks are doing. You didn't care. You know why? Because that's not your money. You looked at your portfolio. You looked at where your money was. You calculated how many years it's going to take to get back to it. You know why you did that? Because your heart's in it. Because your heart follows your dough. God says, since that's true, Again, it's not, we're not making God rich. He already owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It's not about enriching God. It's about making God your riches. He's the one you depend on. He's, when I give my resources away, when I give my stuff away, I realize that I have to more depend on Him. And then He shows me over and over and over again that He is dependable. He can be trusted. He can be pursued. Because no one... Has ever become rich uh, someone no one has ever become poor by giving and the reason that he tells us we're going to go back up to the very top of the passage the reason he tells us that we don't have to be afraid is this he tells us three big ideas about who God is that he can be trusted do you see it there He says do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased To give you the kingdom do you see that little flock
2: father kingdom see because god is a shepherd
1: what does that mean that means that god when you have a shepherd the shepherd is in charge of the sheep to know exactly what they need to protect and guard the shepherd is there So that those sheep can receive everything that they need. He's a shepherd. The God that you worship in heaven is a shepherd to you. He knows what you need. But He's not just a shepherd. He's a father. Now, if you had a father like mine, that doesn't ring the right bells. So I get that. But imagine if your father if every decision he made was wise, if every discipline he gave was just, if every action that he did was loving, if your father did that, then he would be closer to your father in heaven than your dad was. See, a father has affection. A father cares. A father loves and knows his children, has relationship. But God is not just a
2: a shepherd or a father.
1: He's a king. And the kings, you know what they have? They have the juice. They have the power. They have the authority to do whatever they need to do for their subjects. That's what kings are. So he says, with all of that said, he says,
2: don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm a shepherd. I'm a father. I'm a king. And I got
1: you. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be generous with your resources. But I don't have any money. I'm a college student, and I don't have resources. Good, 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 good. I'm glad that you said that. Sell something. Make one move this week where you are not the ultimate benefactor of that move. Because every other move you make is going to make you the ultimate benefactor of that move. And then what you're going to find is that your heart is going to move towards trusting, loving, and discovering the joy of trusting God. So, in closing, which means almost nothing from my lips, um, the quote that Anne Frank made, or the quote that she wrote, no one has ever become poor by giving, is mostly true. But it's not utterly true. See, the fact is, is that there was one who had absolutely everything. And he gave it all up to move into a neighborhood where he had absolutely nothing. He then gave love only to receive blows to the face. He gave words of encouragement only to receive slander and lies he sacrificed himself for people who mocked and eventually crucified him this is mostly true no one has ever become poor by giving for everyone in this room this is true but there was one who became poor so that you could become rich there was one who gave all away so that you could receive everything in the father it's all yours There was one who said,
2: I I who am innocent will be counted guilty
1: so that those who are guilty could be counted as innocent. There was one who had deep affection and relationship with the Father and through His obedience got blood and nails and silence,
2: gave it all. So sell your iPhone, sell your TV, sell your car,
1: give it to the poor. Be generous to this church because in this church, and I'm not just whistling Dixie, some of you actually serve in different places like our church. The Next Step Community Church, and you're involved in feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, housing the homeless, counseling the bereaved, and you're involved in all of that. So donate your resources here because they go to beautiful places to help the poor. But don't just stop there because that's mindless. You can do that in a mindless way. That's a good place to start. But don't stop there.
2: Be generous. Because at least for the people in this room, No one has ever become poor by giving.
1: Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful for the incredible gift that you've given us in your Spirit. That you guide and you lead. That by your Spirit, you help us to interpret your Word rightly and apply it.
2: Would you help us now, Lord?
1: Because we're... (laughs) Lord, we're super clear. We just don't trust you. So, Lord, would you grow our trust? Would you at least help us to admit that we don't trust and our need to grow in trust? Would you help us to be a people
2: who are not satisfied With living safe lives, predictable lives. But would you, by your spirit, help us to trust you in whatever you tell us to do? For we do pray in Jesus' name,
1: Amen and Amen.